0: Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, this morning you may have noticed from the Gospel reading we have hopped into the DeLorean and we have gone back in time in the Gospel. Why is it that the lectionary would have us in the middle of Easter go back to the Last Supper? Why not just go forward? I think it's because the lectionary um, compilers want us to be clear about the kingdom that Jesus is announcing and the kingdom that his resurrection proclaims and makes clear as the kingdom of the world. There's also something interesting in this section of John's gospel, this Last Supper, is that John makes it clear so many times that Judas is present to these events. Judas plays a large role in John's gospel. John chapter 6, John tells us that Judas is the one who does not believe. And yet, Judas is placed in charge of the bank account. Judas in the gospels is given every single chance. Jesus will not give up on him. Karl Barth says that Judas is a disciple among the elect. If there is no hope for Judas, then there is no hope for us. Jesus tells his disciples who were there gathered that I am with you for just a little longer. But is that true? Yes, Jesus' physical presence is no longer going to be near to them, nor is Jesus' physical presence going to be close to us. And yet Jesus shows up time and time again in the sacraments, the bread and the wine, the body and blood of Christ that nourishes us. Jesus is found among the poor. Jesus is found in the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We go back in time because Jesus wants us to know that despite his absence in the resurrection, he still shows up. And each time that the bread is broken, our eyes are opened to the kingdom before us. Jesus gives us a new commandment that night to love one another. Now, that's not the new commandment. That's not the new teaching. That's just good Jewish law. What Jesus changes is, is that you are to love as I have loved you. Why go back in time? Because the, the, the lectionary wants us to make clear that we understand what kind of resurrection and what kind of kingdom this is, that this is a kingdom that loves like Jesus loves How does Jesus love? By dying for us. How does Jesus love? By washing feet. We don't live in a culture which oftentimes requires foot washing. Recently, when um, we were over in the Middle East, um, we were staying in a hotel. I was there as Don's chaperone. And... And 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 in the in the hotel in Jordan there was this um, strange apparatus next to the toilet which I thought was a bidet, and I'm sitting there looking at this. I'm like having never seen one. I'm trying to figure out. And I said, Don, because I figured Don would know these things. I said, Don, what is that thing? And he says it's for washing your feet. Right. We don't live in a culture in which foot washing is often a necessity, and yet. It is one of the lowliest of jobs. When we made the decision to continue a COVID protocol of not washing feet on Monday, Thursday, the most common response I heard was, well, thank you. I laughed as all of my colleagues who would be washing feet all went to go get pedicures on Holy Week. As Jesus surely did. This love that we are brought back into time for is to remind that love is all about the other person, that love outflows into action and into service. Love is not just a warm feeling, because if it is, then it isn't really love. When I do premarital counseling, I always kind of go over the five languages of love, right? We might be familiar with these that... Some people express their love in words of affirmation or in acts of service and the giving of gifts, spending quality time and physical touch. But all of those languages of love are active things. It's not just a warm feeling, it's how that warm feeling impacts your behavior towards another Love is not to prove itself as worthy, and love is not to manipulate another person into a behavior. Love is simply for the other. And Jesus' love shows us that power and vulnerability are not in competition with one another, that we can be powerful and we can be vulnerable at the same time. And I think that this is the trap that Judas and frankly all of us fall in is that we think we have to choose between power and vulnerability. Our assumption is is that this dichotomy between power and vulnerability is how it's supposed to be versus the way of the kingdom of God. So why did we go back in time? To remember that in God's economy that power and vulnerability are not fighting each other. The result of the fall, the whole reason that we need a Savior, is that we have a diminished free will. If Judas could have chosen perfectly, he would. And frankly, if we could choose perfectly, I think we would as well. But we can't. Because we are so accustomed to the ways of the world works, in which we think that love for love's sake surely can't work. As John Don reminds us that we are not an island, that we are products of our families, our cultures, our history, our traditions, for all the good and all the bad that is wrapped up into that. We frankly don't have the capacity and the strength and independent freedom to choose rightly. In other words, how could Judas choose to love rightly? How could any of us choose to love rightly? How could any of us embody the radical love that Jesus calls us to as we go back in time? Without grace, without grace, none of this is possible. Without grace, we are going to be held accountable to the ways we love and the ways we do not love. Without grace, we are going to constantly be measured by our failures and holy hope that our successes are enough. Without grace in Jesus, there is no hope for us, there is no hope for you, There is no hope for me, and there is no hope for Judas. And if there is no hope for Judas, is there really hope for any of us? Amen.